Welcome to the Wake and Rake Podcast, featuring World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and MLB journalist Danny Vietti. Want a chance to be featured on the show? Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Now, here's Danny and Will. What are people? It's good, baby. What's good? It's a Wednesday. It is a July 21st. And my boy, Will Middlebrooks, sipping on a little bit of vino today. And we got a lot to talk about. I mean, absolutely jam-packed show. And we got to, we have to cram a lot in because I have a large event coming up for myself this weekend. I am interloping with my fiance. And interloping? I'm interloping. Is that okay. correct? That's the right term, right? Yeah, I'd never heard it, but I it's eloping, eloping, interloping. I I know eloping. I'd never heard interloping, but there will be some interloping, I'm sure. (laughs) No comment. Uh, (laughs) But but we do have a lot of baseball to talk about too, because we got the July 31st trade deadline coming up, and we're going to see a lot of big time deals coming down. I think it's going to be a really exciting. There's a lot of headlines right now. So before we get too far into this, because I just want to jump right into this. There's no point of us beating around the bush. We know what we're going to talk about here. But before we get too far into it, I want to preempt it with this, and I kind of want to hear your thoughts here. Does the CBA coming up, you know, the CBA is going to end after the season, and they're not overly confident, neither side are overly confident they're going to strike a deal too quickly. So my question to you is, would a team be less willing or more willing to go after it this year, not knowing what the future holds next year, especially for a guy like Trevor Story, who could be a free agent after this year. What There's a lot of questions, you know what I'm saying? Um, well, do I think there's going to be a lockout? I don't. I don't because there was enough revenue lost uh, last year. So I, I don't think there – I mean, I, I hope not. I think teams will be more aggressive – with like rentals right because why would you go for a guy or extend a guy for several years if or to say a three-year deal and you don't know if you're going to play next year because mm-hmm. then he's a year older and you still owe him that time because the clock stops it doesn't like oh now it's just a two-year deal we missed last season doesn't work that way so <clears throat> I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. Yeah, it's it's weird to even think about, but I would think uh, there's going to be some really aggressive moves with big name rentals for sure. Yeah, it was weird last season too because there were guys that were signed to one year deals, but there wasn't really a season. I mean, there was a sixty game season, but it was like June, May, whatever it was, and we weren't sure if we were going to have a season at all because of COVID. And there were guys being signed to one year deals, and they were going to get maybe paid but they weren't going to play a single game with the team they signed for so it's a little bit of a different uh different yeah it's uh it's muddy waters right now man and there's no trust between the two sides we don't have to get into cba stuff because like that's nothing we need to talk about right now we have a lot of cool stuff we can talk about so let's just put that on the back burner for now and enjoy what we have while we have it how about that yeah our listeners We'll lull them to sleep in other ways. We don't have to lull them to sleep with CBA talk because we do our own. We do pretty good ourselves lulling them to sleep. 
to uh, to sleep. But we got a roundy round, rowdy roundup before we get into our top trade candidates for this upcoming trade deadline. So first and foremost on our rowdy roundup is Jacob DeGrom. Another injury uh, concern with him. He's been put on the injured list with forearm tightness. Is it time to panic for New York? Because this is about the second, third time he's been on the IL this year. He hasn't really proved too many innings. They've kind of held him back a little bit. Time to panic in Queens? Too early? Wouldn't, I wouldn't put it like full-blown panic, but it's definitely worrisome. He's the best pitcher in baseball. And your team's, I don't want to say scuffling right now, but they've definitely slowed down on the defensive and pitching side. Lindor's on the IL, too. Obviously, he's hitting 230. Yeah, the whole NL East is like just – like yeah, no but it, it's up for grabs. I honestly think the Phillies have a really good shot at it, especially if they go out and get um, some back into the bullpen help because they've blown a ton of saves. But back to DeGrom, I think up to, up until this point, I think they've handled everything correctly. He, he goes six innings. That's it. He throws 80 pitches, and they pull him, which he could easily go 8-9, but I think they, they know there's – something lingering in there, something that's been nagging them. Um, so they don't want him. They've been trying to avoid the IL stint, right? Um, because you want him in September and October, which they're still looking at right now saying we have enough rotational depth and a good enough team to still be in the mix come September. So let's give them some extra rest. Let them miss two starts now, including the all-star break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it really ends up being two and a half weeks that he gets off. Uh, and then and then we ramp him back up. But part of this, I don't think he was like a heavy, uh, like a spider tag guy. I don't think he was like a cheater. Yeah, I think he was a bullfrog and, and rosin guy, which is fine in my eyes. Um, and I think some of this could have to do with him having to grip the ball harder, like Tyler Glass now talked about. I think this is could be part of it. Or it could just be that he throws 95-mile-per-hour slide balls, and that's a lot of stress on your elbow. We can't ignore either that pitchers this season are pitching 3x what they were pitching last season. Okay, there was a 60-game season that starting pitchers were expected to make 10, 12 starts last year. This season, they're expected to make 30. That's going to lead to more injuries, too. Injuries are on the rise for a multitude of reasons. Number one, we just said this whole sticky, tacky situation. But also, there's more volume this year, so you can't ignore that either. For sure. Yeah, no, they. I think they've handled it perfectly up until this point and like i said this might not even be a big deal this could be them they could this could have been planned and them saying we're going to give him this amount of time to rest and get ready to sprint the rest of the year yeah move on speaking of spidey tack spider tack spidey spidey offense is on the rise yeah offense is on the rise since they decided to crack down is it solely because of sticky substances? Uh, on June 6th, the batting average coming into uh, in baseball on June 6th with 236 across baseball. Since June 6th, it's up. It's about 240-ish. So it's, it's not, you know, we're not hitting 280. We're not having a bunch of 300 hitters like in previous years. But that's a significant rise in batting average. Do you give all that credit to Spider Tack? I give a lot of it to it. I do think hitters are getting to that middle point of the season, too, where they're more comfortable. They're having better approaches. It's warmer. Uh, So I think all that starts to play into it as well. But I think a lot of this does have to do with pitchers not having that extra spin. We're seeing way less. Garrett Cole needed time to adjust, clearly. Yeah, and then he figured it out. 
Exactly. And now he, I mean, he his last two starts against Houston and against Boston were he looked he looked the same to me. Yep. Um but I have been really watching pitchers, especially elite pitchers, guys with really good stuff. And I've really been paying attention to the mediocre pitchers too, because those are the guys that kind of jumped off the page as they were mediocre and now they're really good. Well, now they're kind of mediocre again. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of hanging breaking balls. That's one thing I've noticed. I am noticing guys throwing more two seamers now. Uh, so obviously we've talked about this, that that grip helps you with your four seam rotation, gets you to swing and miss at the top of the zone. So guys have less spin, less spin on two seamers and less spin on change-ups is a better pitch mm-hmm. because gravity, it just falls. Um, so we're, we're, like I said, I'm seeing a lot of hanging breaking balls and I'm seeing, I think we're going to start to see more two seam change up mixes again. Uh, and guys actually pitching down in the zone, which in the era we're in where guys are trying to lift the ball, that's going to be a huge increase in offense because the pitch down goes right into those bat paths. That makes me think. Mike Trout's got to be itching to get back to this. Uh, you saw him running today, right? I did. He's expected to come back. He doesn't didn't look, look good, like but he was babying it. Yeah. Mike Trout, of all hitters, loves to hit pitches down in the zone. And he if does. you ever see more pitchers guys, down in the zone. Guys with velocity are still going to pitch up. Sure. Garrett They're Cole. still going to pitch up. It's just um, instead of swing and miss, you probably get more foul balls. You're still going to get some swing and miss. There's still guys trying to swing up and guys throw 100 at the top of the zone. It's still hard to hit. Um, but this the guys that are – you're just watch. Two seam change up. You're going to see because guys without grip don't want to throw their off speed as much because it, it hangs, it spins, it doesn't have as much bite. So there's going to be a lot of pitching right on right. We call it girl on girl, right on right change up, sinker in, change up in, tunneling in like that. You're going to start seeing more of that later in the season. Yeah, one guy that comes that kind of comes to mind is Lance Lynn because he doesn't throw anything straight anymore. He just got that big extension with Chicago. The reason yeah. he's having so much success this year, this year is because location, sure movement sure but it doesn't throw anything straight so that's kind of feeds into your point guys with movement on every single one of their pitches they're not getting hit especially in this new era if you call it yeah i mentioned i mentioned garrett cole let's stay in the bronx and let's go over to uh, the new york yankees we're talking trade deadline on this podcast and we'll talk about maybe certain players they should target but what should they do they're seven and a half games back of boston this is coming in tuesday and they're four and a half games back of Oakland. They're not going to sell because they're the Yankees. But what do you well, do if you're Brian Cashman? Because you're you in know what? It really they're not going to sell. They're not going to sell because not because of the Yankees. They're not going to sell because they can't. Hear me out. You're going to trade Aaron Judge as your franchise player? No. Nope. Who in the hell wants Stanton's contract? Nobody. Who wants Chapman's contract? Even nobody. And he, he has the yips right now. All right. Your second-tier talent, Glaber Torres, Andujar, Clint Frazier, Delvi Garcia, who's got like a nine in AAA. They've had bad years. There's they no brought, trade value. Hey, they brought up your AAA guys like you pledged. Yeah, because they all got the hiv. Yeah. and Or COVID, sorry. Yeah. But, but they did it. You proposed that idea. You said bring up the AAA guys, and they did. And I, I want to point this out. Uh, Tim LoCastro, who tore his ACL, did you see that? Sucks because he got he got back to the show. He's kind of been a four A guy up and down, really fast, good player. Just not doesn't have the pop that teams are looking for. 
So he comes up and it's an awful deal, hits the wall. He could tell something wasn't right, tore his ACL. On the bright side of things, he tore his ACL on the show. So over the next year, he's going to get big league pay. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying it was a good thing, but the timing, at least he got hurt here and not in AAA where they don't owe you a thing. There's no players union. There's no protection. They could just cut you if they wanted to. And you can go have to rehab on your own like I did. So Mm -hmm. at least over the next year for his rehab, he'll have the best doctors, best rehab assistants, trainers, and he's making big league money because he's has he'll be on the roster. He'll just be on the sixty day. You mentioned outfield in Yankee Stadium, and it, it reminded me Alex Verdugo and his situation with the fan in the outfield. I, I don't want to discuss it too much further because I don't want to give this guy any more attention than he's already getting. Let me ask you this: in a personal experience, have you ever encountered certain fans that were just? You told me the Dustin Pedroia story before. You said that on this podcast. How about you personally? Have you ever gotten into it with some fans in the minor leagues, big leagues, Yankee Stadium? Because, I mean, you played in every ballpark in the big Philly was the worst. As a home player or a way player? A way player. Sorry. I was in, it was, I had like a a woman like spit at me. Is that right? Yeah, dude. That was my rookie year. I went deep the inning before. Yeah, there's some. So there's this. All right, I'll tell this story quick. So I was playing third. It was like the second or third inning, and there's this lady. She's probably like 40, early 40s, pretty lady. First row, hey, Middle Brooks. I'm just like ignoring her, right? Middle Brooks for the whole inning. I just, I'm ignoring. Her. I'm a rookie. I'm in the big leagues. I'm in Philly. It's like, I don't know, June probably. I've been up for like a month, month and a half. And uh, I ignored her the whole inning. She's just yapping, 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 yapping. I hear her. I mean, she's in the first row, like right there. Go out the next thing. I go deep. <laughs> this isn't the lady that spit at me. This is a different one. Um, we're gonna have to bleep this. So we go back out on defense again. There she is. Well, Middle Brooks, look at me, you pussy. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, in my head, I'm like, Jesus, like this lady, she was so like little and petite and cute, and she just called me a pussy. So I'm I'm just like playing defense whatever whatever i dive down the line make a play throw a guy out i I look at her and she goes oh now you can look at me guess what i'm like what she goes i'm gonna your mom (laughs) dude 40 year old woman literally just staring at me in my eyes and told me she was gonna my mom she's not laughing she's it was a third inning. She couldn't have been drunk yet. Well, it's Philadelphia. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't put it past her. I just remember that so vi- – I, I can still remember her exact face because I was just like <laughs> – I, like, put my glove under my armpit and, like, started clapping for her. I was like, that's the best I've ever heard. And after that, she didn't say another word. She just had to get that out. I, I can respect, like, a good troll. I hate hearing fans in the stands saying, like, I went to the Oakland-Boston game. Ironically, it was Verdugo in right field, the game I went to. And there's oh, this- right, right fields can get brutal out there. Yeah, but this is one guy, and he was completely drunk, and he was like, Verdugo, you suck. Verdugo, you suck. It's like, like let's get more original. Like, when I was in high school, it's one of the uh, better stories I have from my high school basketball playing days. We had – uh, it was a road game and their student section was pretty rowdy. And what they did is they went on, they looked up our roster and uh, it was a away game. I don't know if I mentioned that. So they looked up our roster and then they went on each of our Facebook profile. And they looked up our significant others, our girlfriends. And we, we were at the Facebook free throw line. 
they would chant our girlfriend's names and it that's good. very much got out. So I can respect that. Like that's creative, it's original, but just saying Verdugo, you shock, like all game, like come, give me something better than that. Like, yeah, sorry, I'm, but I'm an all-star. <laughs> I don't actually. Yeah, like I'm just challenging fans to be better, I guess is what I'm getting at. That ladies was pretty good in yeah. Philly. I was not expecting that. So don't put that on Twitter because my mom's going to see it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But but we talked with Reese Hoskins before this season. He said there's definitely something to Philadelphia being a hard place to play. You know, and you know, in New York, they're like something in the water just makes the bagels better. It's something in the water in Philly just makes people assholes. <laughs> Dead serious, bro. Something in the water just makes them douchebags. Let's talk trades, baby. Let's talk trades. Let's not do matchmaker quite yet. I want to pick your brain a little bit on certain strategies that certain teams should make. So the first question okay. I have for you. I am 0% pre- prep for this, so you're going to get raw reaction. I love it. Okay. Who's the one guy you would try to acquire at the deadline? Just one. You can only pick one. And obviously, it varies team by team, team needs. But one guy you have circled, you, you love. And it doesn't matter like what it would take to get him. Not I would say I would say this time of year, this time of year, if you're a contender, the most important piece, if you're say you're leading the division, so that means normally you have pretty good pitching. I would say a back end of the bullpen piece. So right now I would say Craig Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been lights out, and he's been lights out on a bad team, bad the last month. Yeah, mediocre. They're around five hundred. Bad the last month. They were playing really well before that. They've kind of falling apart so Craig Kimbrell he's he's played in the World Series he's won a World Series he's been there I think the Phillies I know you don't want to play matchmaker but I think Phillies have ties to him because of Dombrowski he traded for him in 2016 when he was in Boston I just don't know if the Phillies have the prospects to give up to get them and so much money already invested in their current roster I'm certain Dombrowski likes to spend. I'm Dombrowski well, does not give a shit. But he's a win now guy. And they knew that when they brought him on. Yeah, but I don't know if the team's good enough even with a Craig Kimball. But the division's bad enough. Listen, if you have you have Zach Wheeler, you have Aaron Nola, and you have Zach Eflin, if those guys are on, you can beat anybody. I'm telling you, I promise. They can they can play with anybody because their offense is good too. Their offense is good. All you need is three starters. And some good arms in the bullpen, and you can go far in the postseason. You just have to be hot at the right time. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm kind of on the Phillies right now. I hear that from you. Yeah. I'm yeah, which I, I I really like the Mets. I do like the Mets. I just uh, their their last like few games, they just don't look good. And then the whole Degrom thing. I know they're getting Syndergaard back, but you don't really know what they're gonna get there. The offense has been like inconsistent all year their best player is supposed to be Lindor he's hitting 230 and he's hurt I don't know I just feel like the Mets crumble in big situations and I really like a lot of guys on that team I like that organization but I just feel like they're going to crumble here late did you for watch some reason play? I just like have a feeling like I don't know I don't know did you watch that play in Pittsburgh K1 Walker thought it was a foul ball and- that sucks man that's so brutal that's rough yeah that's I like Walker too he's a good dude yeah that was just yeah what was weird is how they called it fair after the fact, and then everybody just stood there pissed. They didn't even go get the ball. I was like, go get the ball and then argue. All right, All right next. 
by the way, Craig, I'm drawing a blank on his name. There is it Will Craig, the Pittsburgh Pirates first baseman that fucked up when Javi Baez hit that ground ball. I remember the play. I don't remember his name. I want to say it's Will Craig. You know what? I don't know if you heard this. He got he's playing in Korea now. So oh really? He struggled so bad after that play. Now he wasn't this big time prospect, and we were expecting him to be in the big leagues for the rest of his life. But shortly after this play, the Javi Baez infamous play. He got sent down to AAA because he was struggling in the big leagues. Then he was struggling in the minor leagues. And now he just requested to be sent to Korea. And then I forget, I want to say it was the athletic that interviewed him. And he said that one play had an impact on his decision-making to move to Korea to play baseball. It's so soft. <laughs> You're making fun of me because I made a dumb play. Shut up. Just play the game, dude. Shit happens. You know why? You know why he went to Korea because he making he's gonna make a lot more money there than in AAA. You're That's back. why he went to Korea. And if he and if he honestly came out and said he's going over there to get away from this, that's softer than puppy shit in the rain. Damn, no empathy. No, it's dude. Come on, people make shit plays every day. Get over it. Yeah, that one. I be- tripped a guy in a World Series to, in, to to lose the game for us. I didn't go to Korea. Yeah, the, it, let's be real. The pirates. They the tried pirates. to ship me to North Korea after that, but. <laughs> Did you see San Diego? The, San Diego instead. <laughs> this, now, this, this is really messed up. Did you see the prank? I want to say it was the Phillies, actually. It was, yeah, it was. It was Kyle Hendricks back in like probably 2007 ish, 2009 ish. They pranked him as if he was being traded to Japan, I believe. And like they went, they were all, you, you know the video I'm referencing, right? That's messed up. If you know if you know him though, it's not. He he's a jokester, like messes with a lot of people. They got the GM involved. Uh, Charlie Mon- oh, it, oh, it was deep. It was. Yeah. It's almost as deep as uh, Cody Decker and Frank Gore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, they got really reporters and that's crossing the line. All right. Uh, that was crazy. On. It was a lot. It was a lot. Let's move on. Uh, which team needs to be the most aggressive as we approach the deadline here? Ooh. Which one? Which team needs need aggressive as in selling or aggressive as in buying? I'll leave that up to you, my friend. Aggressive selling, Chicago Cubs. Okay. Aggressive buyers. Why not Minnesota? Donaldson, Nelson Cruz, they got to sell. Yeah, they do too. Barrios, Barrios, excuse me. Yes, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like the the Cubs. Have a little more value there. I'm thinking. Okay, what about San Francisco? Yeah, they're 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 one of the names in my head. I don't know how aggressive they need to be because they have. I think they need to make. You know how I'm going there. Chris Bryant. Did I not make that imagine heaven on the last podcast we had? Yes, I did. Did you? Yes, I did. Don't. I was. I was. Hell, Bobby, I was drunk when I said that. <laughs> No, it's, it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect fit. And they're going to have enough money to pay him and pay Scott Boris after this season. It's a perfect fit. Do so you think they, they they extend him or they sign him in the offseason too? Yeah. yeah, I think wherever Chris Bryant ends up, they have a good – I think it's a really – other than Cali taxes, I think he would love to play there. Yeah. They got some good vibes going. Kapler, I played for Kapler. He is amazing. And they, they, they love versatility over there too. Mm-hmm. And that's – the name of the game for him 
Um, and he's going to a winning club, has a chance to really do some special things. Um, I don't know how – but back to your original question, I don't know how aggressive the Giants need to be. They just so need like – A little bugaboo with the Chris Bryant thing. Though. Okay. okay. Scott Harris, current general manager for the San Francisco Giants. He used to be the assistant GM when Chris Bryant got pulled up to the big leagues with Chicago. He's oh. in, you so know, the that, whole service like, time manipulation there. Service time manipulation. So that's, that's, did you know? So I was in the game playing against Chris Bryant in his debut. Oh, is that right? I played against him. Okay. Um, James Shields was pitching and punched his ticket four times in his debut. They had like billboards up already of like the next coming of Jesus Cristo. Yeah, I had like 10 home runs in spring training. Well, yeah. I mean, he's it was, yeah, he deserved it. Yeah, it but it was just like, damn, they got billboards up for him outside the stadium. He's not even here yet. It's wild. They didn't have that for you in Boston. They did not. They did not. <laughs> I did spend a, a, like a year and a half or two years as a top prospect there, though, which I, I was thought that was say, really cool. you were the number one guy. I mean, you had the red carpet for you. That's the only reason I got to the big leagues. I'm sure once you won a World Series, you pretty much got everything you could have wanted. Up in Beantown. Oh, I mean, no, oh, they treat their players well. No, definitely. And they know who you are everywhere. It's cool, man. That how was good people, times. How many people recognize you because you're in Florida now? How many people recognize you? Going More than you'd expect, but yeah. um, not very often anymore. Do you like that? I think it's cool now. I used to, it used to bother me. Now I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, bring back memories, talk ball with like a random guy at Publix. Yeah, while well, I'm buying diapers. Okay, let's play matchmaker. Yeah. Max Scherzer. It's still early. We don't know if, if Max uh, is going to get traded. They didn't trade Bryce Harper before he was going to become a free agent. I'm referring to Washington here. They're still in the race in the NL East. We already mentioned how the NL East is wide. I'm going to say somebody you're not going to expect me to say. We talked about Oakland and Los Angeles for a while. Austin Red Sox. Why not? They don't have an ace, and they don't know what they're going to get from Chris Sale when he comes back. TJ, although he his rehab starts today, he was sitting ninety seven. Yeah, was he? I saw he was starting his rehab assignment. But think about that: you have Scherzer. They have they have a couple of prospects they could move if they needed to. I just he don't know if Heim Bloom has it in him. And Nathan Eovaldi has been their ace this year. Who is an awesome? He has been, but. In the playoffs, is he your true go to ace? I'm with you. They need a Chris Sale type, a Max Scherzer type to win a World Series. Right. So, can you imagine Scherzer, Sale, Evaldi? And then you just so happen to have a Pavetta as well. I'm not even, I'm not even considering. Oh, you know what else I noticed? Chris Sale, his start today is lined up with Garrett Richards. So they're going to have to lose a starting pitcher. It would be Garrett Richards, for sure. Just stay playing this shit. Yeah. Although, the, although the Sox got rained out tonight, so that could screw it up. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, it, I don't know. I'm getting deep. I'm getting deep. I think I would love – that's more like where I would love him to go. Mm-hmm. Not just because I'm a Sox fan, but I think that would just be – an all-time solid move for their squad. 
Yeah, I just question whether whether Heimblum is going to be that aggressive. Honestly, I, I don't think, think he has the sack, but because yeah. he's all about the system, which you have to be. Yeah, you have to be, and he's good at what he does. But Scherzer's just that blue collar. He he fits that mold that the fans love. You know, like Houston. Houston? No, I could see that too. I really could. Because they need, they're not going to get Justin Verlander back. You know, they had Tommy John surgery. He's not going to be coming back this year. Right. They have a good rotation, sneaky good rotation, but they're kind of Ramber. Yeah. Okay, Trevor Story. Now he's mm. a Red Sox, just like Max Scherzer. Story's going to be. Yeah, a that's a tough one. I do not think it's going to be Trevor. I mean, I do not think it's going to be the New York Yankees. Yeah, it's going to be Trevor Story. Just saying will be trevor story will be trevor story what about the reds yeah it's, uh, there, it's do you want to risk your entire you want to give up your entire farm for a one game wild card game and risk it because that's what you're doing if, if you're cincinnati if you're cincinnati you're not winning that division with milwaukee most likely not to right. mention it's going to be a big time uphill battle to even battle with san diego and los angeles for those two wild card spots or maybe a san francisco drops down Right. Wild card's going to be hard to come. I think their best chance might actually be trying to topple Milwaukee. Agreed. And there's seven games back. Dang, dude. I don't know. If I'm Cincinnati, I'm not I, doing that. I'm not no, I don't think so either. It, there's a need. I'm signing him at the end of the year, but I'm not trading for him midseason. I think Trevor Story stays in Colorado. I don't think, I don't think they trade him. And then I think he just – I don't think anybody's going to give up what they're asking. Which would be idiotic by Colorado. Because you have to ask for a lot. Because what's the worst case scenario? Well, we keep him till the end of the year, and then he's gone. If you want to get something for him, something. You do. So if Trevor Story does go, it's going to be like last second at the buzzer because they're going to hold out as long as they can to get as much as they can. I'd rather make a bad trade than hold on to him. Because at least you get something. Like, oh I'd no, trade. I I I agree. I'm just trying to think. Like, I don't. I'd know rather who... trade for super low level minor league guys than nothing. Because then, yeah. too, once you trade him, you can bring up your minor leaguers from AAA, and you can have them play shortstop. Maybe one thrives during yeah. September call ups. No, no, I, I I agree and like get something. I just I don't know. I really don't know where he's gonna go. New York, it's been floated. That's because he's at the top of the list in free agents coming next year. That's why everyone's like, oh, New York, because they have the money. I mean the Yankees, too, when I say that, not the Mets. I know. I know. What about your boy Joey Gallo? I got him going to the Yankees. They need lefty bats. We talked about this before the show, because everybody's doing top landing spots, matchmaker, stuff like that. Okay, you want to do something different. You want to talk about where these players want to play. That's what I've been that's what I've been giving. You've been you. doing? Okay. So you think Max Scherzer wants to play in Boston? Yeah, I do. You think Trevor Story wants to play in Cincinnati? No, that was that was one I'm just like, I don't know where he's gonna go. Okay. And, I you, just and you think Joey Gallo wants to play where? New York Yankees. Okay. Just because that short porch in Rackfield. The short porch, and it's just like they have a need for him, right? Like they need a left-handed bat. I'm I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Right. I'm giving you both things. I'm giving like I I think he would love to go in pinstripes, Bronx Bombers. Like I don't know. I feel like he could hit the ball literally out of the stadium there. I don't think New York is as desirable or as 
attractive as it once was. But it, why? Because they're not as good this year? Listen, inside the game, let me just say this. Inside the game, New York is the most first-class organization I've ever seen. Right. Even even on the era, no, 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 hear me out. In this era where players are being given higher and higher pedestals, they're being given more and more power. They've demanded this, especially like NBA, NFL. Like you're seeing players gain more and more power. There's less necessity and less reliance on the organization to make their own brands, make their own money. Like it's so individualized the game as it is right now that I think there's less reliance on your organization. Therefore, you don't need a New York Yankees to make all these endorsements. You can go to Cincinnati, you can go to San Diego. FTJ over in San Diego is becoming the face of baseball for the San Diego Padres, who before this year was considered a small market team. Mm-hmm. That's why I say I don't think it's as desirable of a location. Now, I still think, you know, a lot of kids dream going to New York when, you know, when they're kids, they want to play for the Yankees. I think that's still a dream that a lot of kids have. I just think in today's age, it's different than it used to be. No, that's a good point. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you want. When you get traded, you just get traded. But I, I don't know, man. It's not like the Yankees aren't going to be in the mix every like they're going to be in the mix every year he's been playing in texas it's been a while since they've been good people forget that ballpark is huge and he's making it look very small that's just he's an alien i don't know i think that i think the you the yankees could put together some sort of package deal for cal gibson and joey gallo It'd be uber aggressive but then you're pulling with the tax threshold and the yard doesn't want to do that depends on who you trade that's true too. <laughs> Give him back Odor. <laughs> you know he has the most homers by a second baseman since like, isn't that, like 156 homers or something. Yeah, it's like the most. I don't have the stat in front of me either, but it's like the only second baseman in MLB history to have 150 homers before turning. Oh, by age 27 or something, 27, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's dude. He used he to be a really average of like 205. It didn't used to be though. No, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying, like, I mean, he is now. He kind of sucks. That's now. a significant stat, and everybody seems to be like, "Oh, wow, like, Rudin and Odor, like, really?" They like, forgot how good he was. Like his first like three or four years, like here, 30, 40 bombs every year. Yeah, he was nuts. Okay, Anthony Rizzo. Oof. I know. I think. See, you mentioned Boston. When it came I was just to- about to say, I think Boston's a good fit. I think Rizzo's. Great because they already got Bobby Dahlbeck. They tried Christian Arroyo at first base over on Sunday Night Baseball. He ended up getting injured. But he ain't a first baseman. Yeah, and you got Bobby Dahlbeck as a right-handed hitter at first base. Anthony Rizzo a lefty. Right. Interesting. And let's not forget, Anthony Rizzo was drafted by the Boston Red Sox. Right. In my draft. Yeah, he, he was- went fourth round. I went fifth round. I think. Yeah. I think it, I think that was the order. Your draft was stacked. I'm pretty sure we went over this one of these one of these episodes. The draft, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I like that fit. I think that's a really good fit. Just don't know. I I really don't know what uh, Chicago's asking. Mm-hmm. I really I really because Rizzo's offensive numbers haven't been great the past two three years. Mm-hmm. Defensively, he's not as as good as he used to be. He's, he's still a plus first baseman. He's still a good hitter. He's not a great hitter anymore. He's a B-plus player, but he's consistent. He's consistent, and he's a good teammate. He's a good clubhouse guy. Um, 
I can see that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Let me throw one more your way and we can wrap up. Your eyes are getting droopy because it's late over on the East Coast and you're tired. That way. Wine does that to you. I No, I'm good. Hmm. Yeah, there it is. There. I, that was fake. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Starling Marte. Okay. Atlanta Braves. That's where you think he wants to go? I don't know where he wants to go. I haven't talked to him in years. Um, I'm kidding. I, where does he want to go? I mean, I could see the Yankees being in the mix, but I could also see the Braves making a move here. Mm-hmm. Yankees need outfield help is what I'm getting at. I think the Braves are just grasping at straws at this point. They're four and a half back. But that division is – I don't know what's going to happen in that division. Your ace is down. In my I get story. it, but they're four and a half out. Your superstar is out. In you realize the Mets have a bad week and they have a good week. They're in first. Yeah, but I'm not – It's a week. It's a week. I understand. I understand. Okay, let's say hypothetically Atlanta wins a division. You really think they have a shot against Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco? No, I also don't think it's going to take that much to get Starlin Marte. Milwaukee? I don't think it's going to take that much to get him. And then they fill that void where it gives him he, – he's actually got like .5 defensive war this year in center field. He's actually been really good defensively. Yeah. Um, he's not going to fill the gap that Ozuna's leaving. Like he's not going to hit 30-40 homer type guy. He's only hit 20-plus homers like two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. But he, he gets on base at like a 400 clip. Yeah, so a he's a good – Big, big. Yeah. Let's not forget he got banged for steroids, so he's kind of on that list for me. But regardless, he's a good player. He's also been through a lot. He lost his wife in a right. tragic, tragic accident. Yeah, it's awful. Um, been through a lot. But I don't know, man. I I can see the Braves being a good fit there. That's a real guy. Yeah, speaking of, speaking of the Cubs, we were talking about Chris Bryant and uh, – Anthony Rizzo, I reached out to – I tried using my sources today. I tried reaching out to Wilson Contreras' representatives today. Tried to see if he might be on the block, and I haven't heard back yet. But I will keep you up. I think everybody's on the block. I think they could get the most for him because he's a he's under control through next season. They left me he's on He's not a free agent until 23, I think. They left me on red. You they, read it? They read it. I don't – you have you have your read receipts – receipts on and then what it's called read read receipts I, got I don't mind people knowing if i read their messages i'm pretty good about texting back no you're good about texting back you just never read it you always say i take too much time to text back. you take forever that is so false no it's not why would i make that up you're not the slowest you're not anywhere close to the fastest i've been told that once or twice in my life in other capacities. What else do you want to talk about, Dan? Anything? That's all I had, my friend. You never told me who you thought should be the most aggressive seller or belt buyer, excuse me. I think San Diego is going to be more aggressive than we think just because AJ Preller is AJ Preller. There, there are reports that they're going to go hard for Joey Gallo. Ken Rosenthal has reported that. That they're going to go doesn't hard. Shit. I think Milwaukee <laughs> needs to be a buyer. Like a aggressive buyer, I think Milwaukee needs a big bat in that one. Like, did they just sign? Did they just get a first baseman? They brought over Rowdy Telez, but 
they need a big time. Anthony Rizzo, in my opinion, would be another great fit, but do you want to trade him within a division? I don't well, Let's also not forget Joey Gallo can play first base. He can play first base, right? I think he's a good He was player. a third baseman and a first baseman before he went to the outfield. I think Trevor Story is a great fit, but it's like, do you really want to make either Trevor Story or any of their you other? You have to have an idea that you can re-sign him and then you have the financial flexibility to sign him. Right. But it's like, do you so want to switch positions mid-season, too? Wait. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? What? What well, did you just say? Now is their shortstop now has been the best shortstop in the National League since they Adamas can also – he can play third base, though. I've seen him. Do you want to make one of these two guys switch positions mid-season? That's a question I don't know if they want – you know, I don't know the answer to. I think – I think they could. Yeah. Those are two athletic guys. Now you got me thinking like hard on this trade stuff. I don't know. I know I don't have answers either. It's 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 weird with the divisions this year because you have so many teams that are in it. But do you want to risk it all for a wild card? Really? Like Seattle. Like if you're Seattle, do you want to go for it? No. no. Probably not. Probably not. So you trade Mitch Hanniger, or do you keep him? What's there's the just so many. Te- there's that's just one example. There's so many teams that are in it, but it's like, are you really in it? Or are you just like kind of on the outside looking at? Regardless, we got a lot of action coming up. Trade deadline just what two weeks away, if that. And you know what? My wedding's even closer, so I don't know when the next time we're going to be talking to you guys is. Will's got children and all kinds of things to do. I got interloping, eloping, interloping going on. Lots of interloping going on. Um, so I don't know when the next time we're going to talk to you is. But you know what? I have a feeling the next time we talk to you guys, there's going to be a lot of players on a lot of different teams. I can yeah, promise you that. I think we're and, you and you won't be a virgin anymore. <laughs> that was never the case, but I'll let you do what you think. And on that note, adios party people. Take care of yourself after your too many glasses of wine. I, had, I mean, I had half a bottle of wine. Shut up. Bye. Bye.